Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we will delve into the riveting exploration of communication presented in We Need to Talk by Celeste Headley. We Need to Talk is a seminal guide that unpacks the art of conversation, a skill that is fundamental yet frequently neglected in our society. Through her insightful narratives and compelling evidence, Headley illustrates how proficient conversations pave the way for enhanced relationships and a broader understanding of those around us. Moreover, the book encompasses practical strategies to refine your own conversational abilities, transforming the way we interact with each other. The author of We Need to Talk, Celeste Headley, is no stranger to the realm of communication. A renowned journalist and broadcaster, Headley hosts the daily news show On Second Thought on Georgia Public Broadcasting. She also dedicated over a decade to national public radio, harmonizing her professional ventures with her background as a classically trained singer. Her successor to We Need to Talk is the enlightening Do Nothing, a study on optimizing our leisure time. We Need to Talk is an essential read for those who are tired of trivial talks and yearn for more profound discussions. It serves as a valuable resource for enthusiastic conversationalists who desire to transition from talking to listening, enabling them to amplify their conversational skills. So, join us as we dive into the enlightening universe of We Need to Talk, exploring the transformative power of meaningful conversations. We need to talk how to have conversations that matter. Introduction. Unlock the secret to effective communication. Let's admit it. We are talkers. We engage in dialogues, monologues, and debates, often showering each other with a ceaseless wave of words. In this contemporary technology-driven era, communication has become significantly more accessible. However, are we truly having meaningful exchanges? Surprisingly, the answer is often no. Even though modern tools allow us to maintain seamless connections, the quality of our conversations is plunging, as if we are gradually losing the art of genuinely engaging with others. Our empathy is waning. We are paying less attention to what others are saying. Yes, facilitating profound conversations can be tricky, but these nuggets of wisdom will reveal why striving for better dialogue is invaluable. Besides, you'll find insightful tips on how to cultivate authentic relationships through engaging conversations. During this journey, you'll uncover how to build a meaningful conversation with someone who appears vastly different from you, the contrasting impacts of shift response and support response, and the intriguing parallel between discussing oneself and intimacy. Part 1. Communication is the cornerstone of humanity, yet we're stumbling due to modern pitfalls. Picture a scenario where a human is standing shoulder to shoulder with a snow leopard or a Komodo dragon. It's intriguing to contemplate how we, devoid of physical agility or venomous bites, have emerged as the planet's leading species. The explanation lies, in no small part, within our remarkable ability to communicate. Our nuanced and detailed exchanges of words, combined with our capacity to attentively listen, have bestowed us with a tremendous evolutionary advantage. Yet this very fundamental trait 
seems to be faltering amidst the hustle and bustle of modern life. In our fast-paced, technologically driven existence, our ability to communicate effectively appears to be deteriorating. To emphasize the point, good communication is integral to our human nature, but contemporary living has lured us into adopting some detrimental habits. Historically, humans have relied on effective communication since time immemorial. Yet, we are only just beginning to realize the financial implications of poor communication. According to a 2008 report, communication breakdowns could potentially drain as much as $37 billion annually from large U.S. and U.K. businesses. However, the repercussions extend beyond mere economics and are not restricted to business organizations. Research shows a significant societal effect. College students in 2010 were reportedly 40% less empathetic than their counterparts three decades earlier. One major culprit behind this empathy erosion is the rise of technology and social media. They promote fleeting, superficial connections at the expense of genuine empathy. In one experimental study, multiple pairs of strangers were placed in a room and asked to converse. In some rooms, an idle cell phone was deliberately left on a table. Even the passive presence of the mobile device had a negative impact on the interpersonal communication dynamics. Participants who had no cell phone in their vicinity reported experiencing enhanced trust and empathy and consequently developed stronger relationships. So, what's the solution? We need to realize that simply putting away our phones is only the tip of the iceberg. We must begin to respect conversation as an art form and take it more seriously. If a conversation seems uninteresting, it's all too easy to impulsively blame the other party. Try resisting this instinct. Instead, step up and take ownership of molding the conversation into an engaging one. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the outcome. Part 2. Finding a common thread can light up even the toughest dialogues. Do challenging conversations intimidate you? You're not alone in feeling this way. However, even the most daunting dialogues have the potential to yield surprisingly positive outcomes. Consider the compelling story of Zernona Clayton, who was an active participant in the U.S. civil rights movement during the 1930s. Her professional journey led her to a city planning program in Atlanta, Georgia, where she worked with Calvin Craig, a man with deep-rooted affiliations to the Ku Klux Klan. Despite being aware of Craig's ties, Clayton chose to foster a professional rapport. Initially, their interaction was understandably strained. However, as time passed, their relationship softened, with Craig often visiting Clayton, enjoying the lively discussions they had. In a significant turn of events, Craig renounced the KKK in 1968, crediting his transformation to the connection he and Clayton had cultivated. The crux here is seeking shared experiences can empower you to navigate even the toughest dialogues. Engaging in unbiased conversation is undeniably difficult. Yet, as illustrated by Clayton and Craig's unique bond, it's feasible to find commonalities, even with those harboring contrasting perspectives. In today's highly fragmented society, it's easy to assume that we would have no common ground with those whose ideologies clash with ours. However, bridging that gap is a challenge worth undertaking. 
all of us have our biases, even if they are not blatantly tied to race. Imagine a scenario where your child is having a sleepover at a friend's place. While chatting with the friend's parent, you discover alignment in your political views. Does that automatically ensure your child's safety in their house? We often mistakenly believe that agreement on one aspect translates to concurrence on all issues, and similarly, one disagreement can breed the presumption of widespread discord. However, reality seldom follows such black and white patterns. Regardless of the identity of your conversation partner, it's essential to approach the dialogue with respect and commitment. Engage with an open mind, actively listen, and endeavor to empathize with their perspectives. Remember, Clayton transformed Craig's ideologies not by pushing her beliefs, but by being an enjoyable conversationalist. Of course, not all conversations will culminate in heartfelt reconciliation or lifelong bonds. Disagreement is perfectly acceptable. However, maintaining a willingness to listen is paramount. As you'll discover in the next segment, this openness might unveil unexpected revelations. Part 3. Resist making assumptions about others' experiences. As the host of a radio show, the author has had extensive interaction with myriad guests. However, even she stumbles in conversations occasionally. Consider one such instance when a grief-stricken friend reached out to her after her father's death. Attempting to provide comfort, the author drew parallels to her own experience of losing her father at the tender age of nine months. Unexpectedly, this response exacerbated her friend's anguish. You win, the friend retorted, emphasizing that at least she had the chance to form a relationship with her father. While this was not the author's intended implication, upon reflection she realized she had unintentionally made the conversation about her experiences, sidelining her friend's feelings. The core insight here is, avoid presuming that you fully understand others' experiences. It's a common pitfall most of us unknowingly fall into. Sociologist Charles Derber terms this habit conversational narcissism. According to Derber, Conversations involve two types of responses, the shift response and the support response. Despite her noble intentions, the author had provided a quintessential shift response. Even an innocent me too can be a shift response as it diverts the attention towards you. If a friend mentions they're swamped with work, you may instinctively respond, so am I. But the alternative, a support response, helps keep the focus on your friend probe deeper into why they're feeling overwhelmed and what's piling up on their to-do list. This responsive tactic is not as straightforward as it sounds. It's in our nature to map our experiences onto others. In fact, that's the essence of empathy. However, the downside arises when your life doesn't correspond to the other person's experiences. Let's say you ended up in the hospital after slicing your finger with a knife. When a friend shares they had a similar incident, you immediately relate it back to your own experience, irrespective of whether their injury was minor or severe. When the topic is as profound as bereavement, this can lead to significant complications. It's perfectly okay to have a different knowledge base from others. Too often we pretend to comprehend subjects we're clueless about. Although admitting ignorance might seem uncomfortable, 
it often serves as a crucial stepping stone in establishing trust. Part 4. Unlock the power of conversations with open-ended questions and active listening. If you've ever wished to engage your friends or colleagues more deeply in conversation, the key lies not in posing complex inquiries, but in asking the simplest, most open-ended questions. Contrary to popular belief, asking a long, complicated question doesn't guarantee an equally elaborate answer. Rather, to prompt a comprehensive response, deploy one of six straightforward words. Who, what, where, when, why, or how. These words transform your questions into open-ended inquiries, ruling out short yes or no responses and nudging the other person to articulate a more detailed answer. This technique, widely employed by journalists, is a potent tool for meaningful conversations for anyone and everyone. However, asking the right questions is just one part of the puzzle. The heart of the message here is getting people to open up necessitates asking open-ended questions, but the true magic unfolds when you listen intently to their responses. Picture a scenario where you're interviewing a witness of a recent tornado. A query like, were you scared? would probably elicit a yes and promptly end the conversation. Instead, employ an open-ended question such as, what was it like to be so near a tornado? What did you hear? Or how did it feel? These questions empower them to describe the experience in their own words. Embrace silence instead of instinctively filling it. Pausing can signal that you're processing the conversation, thereby enhancing the dialogue's richness. Moreover, it's crucial to steer clear of wool gathering, the act of mentally wandering off while conversing, akin to aimlessly collecting wool scraps from bushes. It dilutes the purpose and engagement of the interaction. Active listening is indeed a rarity. Many of us fall into the trap of wool gathering, even as we attempt to engage in conversation, like when we start planning our next response while the other person is still speaking. If you find yourself in this trap, remember you've ceased listening. It's far more effective to concentrate on their words in the present and let the conversation flow naturally. When you fully invest yourself in your discussions, you'll eventually eliminate wool gathering altogether by asking pertinent, open-ended questions and listening attentively to the responses, you can unlock the true power of meaningful conversations and we'll delve deeper into this aspect in the next segment. Part five, transforming listening from a passive to an active skill. In a captivating study about the human brain, scientists unearthed a compelling revelation. The same region of your brain is activated when you share personal stories as when you indulge in sugar, engage in intimacy, or even take cocaine. Essentially, talking about oneself brings immense pleasure. In stark contrast, listening seems to lack this appeal. Indeed, it's a demanding task. If you're under the impression that it merely entails quietness, while others speak, you're significantly mistaken. It's an art form on its own. But here comes the silver lining. This art can be mastered. The central takeaway here is, listening should be an active, not a passive exercise. And let's face it, most of us might need to up our game. While the majority of us believe ourselves to be proficient listeners, this claim might need closer inspection. Our present world teems with ceaseless digital distractions. Have you caught yourself slyly checking emails during a meeting? 
Beware of the fallacy of multitasking. Human brains aren't wired to focus on multiple tasks simultaneously. It's sheer distraction, not multitasking. Active listening doesn't come naturally to most of us, but practice can significantly improve this skill. Understand that communication isn't confined to spoken words alone. Nonverbal cues, such as gestures and tonal variation, can convey profound meaning. Paying attention to these subtleties can unlock a deeper understanding of the other person's message. Here's a useful tip. Instead of premeditating your next input during a conversation, focus on predicting what the other person is about to say. Alternatively, mentally summarizing their dialogue can help maintain your concentration. For the author, her eureka moment came through an unexpected medium, opera. Being raised in a musical family, opera was a routine part of her upbringing. However, it wasn't until she was preparing an aria for an audition that she started truly listening to it. This involved engaging with the music in a practical, active manner, which unveiled the beauty she had overlooked until then. The same principle applies to active listening. It's tougher than it seems and demands your conscious engagement. But when you master this skill, you'll realize it's definitely worth every ounce of effort. Part six, mindful communication, a considerate approach to speaking. We've extensively discussed the art of listening, one half of a conversation's puzzle. However, even if you're wholly absorbed in the other person's narrative, a dialogue involves a time when you'll have to speak as well. So how can you ensure your spoken words contribute positively to the conversation? The trick lies in perceiving the conversation through the listener's perspective and remaining aware of your audible presence. Three tips can be instrumental here. First, keep it succinct. Second, abstain from repeating yourself. And third, steer clear of the shaggy dog syndrome. We'll delve into that shortly. The key takeaway here is, when you're in the speaker's shoes, stay mindful of the listener's reception. In public radio, most interview slots barely extend beyond five minutes. They may seem longer as they're packed with intriguing insights. However, the reality is it often takes more time to warm up a frozen pizza than to finish one such interview. There's a well-founded explanation for this. Our attention spans are alarmingly short. According to one research, the average human attention span falls one second short of a goldfish's. While we can strive to expand our attention span, the fact remains, if you drag your monologue, you risk diverting the listener's focus. Pay close attention to the listener's cues when you're speaking. Do their eyes frequently wander off? Do they attempt to hasten your narrative? Think of a conversation as a game of catch. Unless your partner is ready to catch the ball, throwing it serves no purpose. Similarly, avoid falling into the trap of believing that repetition cements a point in the listener's memory. Studies suggest that while repetition aids the speaker's recall, it doesn't necessarily do the same for the listener. Overemphasizing a point can eventually numb the listener's attention. Finally, dodge the shaggy dog narrative, a storytelling technique where minute details are excessively elaborated, causing the listener to lose track of the primary plot. One may be tempted to believe that comprehensive detailing helps in remembrance, but excess information can actually be distracting. 
Let's return to our game of catch analogy. If you aim for your partner to catch a particular ball, would simultaneously throwing various balls at them help? Highly unlikely. In the flurry of catching them all, they might end up missing all. So, while speaking, remember to respect the listener's perspective, keep it concise, and avoid unnecessary repetition or overwhelming detail. This way, your words will not only be heard, but they'll be truly listened to. Part 7. A Great Conversation. The Taxing but Rewarding Pursuit. Despite her profession as a radio host that necessitates conversing with people, the author doesn't find herself engaging in conversation round the clock. Quite often, upon returning from work, she assigns tasks requiring interactions to her son. Is this an indication of her being unsociable? Quite the contrary. She's just aware of her boundaries. Engaging in truly fulfilling conversations demands effort. If you're not in the right state of mind, it might be more beneficial to refrain from a conversation rather than venture into one unprepared. The key takeaway here is, crafting great conversations is no easy feat, but the dividends are advantageous for all parties involved. Not all conversations hold equal merit. A 2010 study asked students in Arizona to rate their happiness and correlated these answers with the type of conversations they participated in. The result revealed a fascinating pattern. As expected, sociable students registered higher happiness scores. But the happiest students weren't the ones indulged in the most conversations. Instead, they were the ones having the most meaningful dialogues. Therefore, being sociable contributes to happiness. However, true engagement takes the cake. When it comes to conversations, small talk isn't the golden ticket. The focus should be on quality, not quantity. But why are substantive conversations beneficial? The answer lies in one word, empathy. Research indicates a decline in empathy among the younger generation, which is alarming. Empathy forms the backbone of our understanding of others' emotions, helping us establish genuine connections. Being empathetic and directing your attention to others yields numerous benefits. For instance, volunteering for charitable causes can bolster happiness and health. One study even suggested that regular volunteers tend to have longer lifespans. Additionally, empathy benefits the person you are conversing with because meaningful conversation extends beyond individual gains. Investing effort to learn about others, their thoughts, feelings, and identities might be challenging, but it's a rewarding venture for both parties involved. And the bridge that takes us to this enriching experience? Nothing more than a thoughtful conversation? Final summary. The primary takeaway from this book. The ability to converse is a distinctively human trait, yet we often fail to place the necessary emphasis on effective communication, especially in today's tech-dominated era. Achieving meaningful conversation requires undivided attention, an open mindset, and a commitment to exceptional listening skills. Mastering this art not only enhances your sense of happiness, but also fosters empathy. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge.
If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.